We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Now hear why it's so true. Welcome to Social Capital, the weekly podcast where we dive into social relationships and how the investment you put into them establishes trust, reciprocity, and value within your networking community. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with top professionals and dive into their best networking stories and techniques to share with you. everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. If you want to connect with me, LinkedIn is the channel that you're going to find me most active. Make sure to send a note and let me know that you heard of me through this podcast. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. You can check out more at keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. All right, today's guest is Tom Andrews. Tom Andrews operates Andrews Media Ventures, an independent PR communications consultancy based in Hartford, Wisconsin. Tom's background includes 35 years of major major market broadcast news and public relations experience. Tom and his team of aligned professionals help corporate and nonprofit clients raise their business and organizational profiles through services such as creative writing, PR counsel, media relations, spokesperson training, video production, voice talent, and special events support. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Lori. It's a pleasure to be here. Excited to have you here as well. And you are my first in-person guest that I have recorded in over a year and a half. Do I get a prize for that? Um, You get to see us running around, scrambling, (laughs) trying to figure out what we're doing again. Uh, You know, doing the the Zoom video was, um, it, it was great, you know, easy, comfortable, but it's nice to be interviewing someone in person. Again. Well, you know, Laurie, this kind of plays right into what y'all tell you later. In person is always my favorite. Oh, 100%. Uh, always. <laughs> and that goes especially for networking. Uh, absolutely. I love in-person networking. It's been, I've enjoyed the digital. I, I'm an advocate for mm-hmm. digital, obviously, but it's just a different, deeper relationship that happens um, in person. So, um, I've got some questions for you around, around your expertise, um, besides using conventional online print broadcast advertising, what other ways might a business or nonprofit organization consider to help raise public awareness about their products or services? Well, I'm not at all saying that, uh, conventional advertising and, and such, uh, are bad avenues to take. But in conjunction with that, I encourage my clients to think about earned media, grassroots type methods of getting your message out. Earned media means coming up with angles that your company has that could be potentially newsworthy and then pitching those to television, radio, print, whatever. Um, also, you know, the, the advent of the uh, uh, the digital world has given us the the social media so there's you know there are kind of there are opportunities now that you never had before facebook instagram twitter all these different methods that people have to get their word out 
And another thing that I encourage them to do is to consider what I call side door advertising. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you have an opportunity to be a part of community events, um, sponsorships, opportunities to, to get where you're not necessarily the focus, you know, that your company per se is not the main focus, but by the side door, People have to know who you are. Mm -hmm. They have to be ident you have to be identified. Same thing if your company is featured in a news story of some sort. And there, maybe the story is not how great Keystone Click is, but maybe the story it involves Keystone Click and they tell people who you are. Sure. So there's a variety of different ways to get your message out. All in addition to if you have an advertising budget, all the better. But sometimes I've worked with companies and entities that really didn't have much of a, of a budget mm -hmm. to do that, particularly nonprofits, you know, they, maybe they don't have the money to do that. Sure. So I look for other avenues uh, to, to get the word out. Get creative. Yeah. Love it. As someone who came from the news business, how important is the use of video in telling my company's story? And does it have the impact it once did in the B2B world, as well as reaching the general public? I'm biased on that. Mm -hmm. I spent quite a bit of time uh, in, in with video, mm -hmm. and I still do. I still am involved in video production. So I'm getting my biases out there for you right away. I still think that video done well, when it's done well, has tremendous impact, as much today, if not more than ever. Sure. Because, you know, what companies would use that you would use to uh, produce a, a video, Okay, and it have basically one use. They produce it. It'd be a DVD. They'd get it out, send it to their prospective clients or people that they wanted to work with, and that was the end of it. Well, today, you know, when you when we shoot videos, we shoot them for repurposing in mind. We shoot them so you can take some uh, sound clips, video clips, and you can put them on Twitter. You can put them on Facebook. Yeah. You can put them, you know, virtually. I mean, everywhere. So you've got golden opportunities mm -hmm. to reuse, if you will, the same material and augment it and refresh it all the time. I think video has has a tremendous impact because it's I think it's the best mode of conveying human emotions. Yes. And you may we talk about we talk about, you know, doing things in person. Well, the big thing, why is it so why is it so effective? Because you get to see the facial expressions of the person you're speaking with, you know, there are silent little signals that don't come over in an email. Sure. They don't come over even a post in Facebook or, mm -hmm. or some social media, but you sit down with somebody and you get to know them and you get to understand where they're coming from. And I, I think that's, uh, it's a very effective way to, to get your messages across. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you touched on the repurposing because that is something I'm a huge advocate of. You know, we don't need to think about something new constantly. We can leverage content we've already created and repurpose it in multiple forms, like you talked about. Yes, you know the old joke is, you know, that uh, if you uh, if you take older material, it's plagiarism. And if you take it from many different sources, it's research. Uh, that's just a joke. Sure. But you don't want to. You never want to take somebody else's material. However, you might be able to get an idea or two on where you, so that somebody mm -hmm. that somebody else has tried that might reflect very well on the messages you're trying to convey. Yep. So hey, why reinvent the wheel every time? Maybe you don't have to. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Um, here's another one for you, Tom. When telling a company or organization's story, can you address the importance of the people aspect in storytelling? And that's the in-person thing I'm just mentioning. Yep. Um, when you're storytelling, okay, I'll, I'll pick on the news business for a moment, okay? The stories that I always found got the best response and the longest shelf life, i.e., I still hear about them. I've been out of television for many, many years. Mm -hmm. But people remember the people whose lives were affected or changed for the better or impacted by whatever the story happened to be. So we build our stories, you build stories around people, because yeah. that's the that's the factor that everybody well, it tugs at either tugs at the heartstrings, or it or you find yourself saying, I had that happen to me, I understand what he or she is feeling, you know, and that's why people they it resonates with yeah. them. Yeah. So that Love. would be my answer. Yeah, I think that that totally makes sense to really put some emphasis on the people aspect in, in telling that story that it's that's how people connect mm -hmm. and they can relate easier to people instead of just a static image or building or whatever it is that definitely makes sense. and television does strange things too uh you know you're 10 years i was 10 years away from it 15 years away from it i'm in a grocery store and i run into a lady and first of all she knew my name she remembered my face she remember what channel i worked for but most important, she said, you did a story about a heart patient that had the same procedure my father needed. Hmm. And because of that, you don't, you don't remember me calling you, but you gave me the name of the physician. You told me all about the procedure that That's was cool. done and he had it done and he lived for several more years after that because of that oh that's amazing now that is what you're in the business Seriously. for i mean because you're helping people Love whether it. it's news or or whatever products or services you're doing that's what people remember how how did you impact my life yep. how did you make things better for me yep love it all right well this is a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor Tom, the focus of this show is all about networking. To some people, they hear that word and it's scary and it evokes fear, hesitation, uncertainty. I'm hoping you can help me remove some of those fears um, with my next question here. So can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? Well, you know, it's ongoing. Uh, and I will say right up front that I'm a very lucky person because of the of the career I had before that thrust me into all kinds of situations where I had to meet new people. I had to learn about their business. I had to learn uh, something about their family or something like that. Plus the general topic, I was forced to do all those things and all of those skills over the years well, what are you doing in networking? You're introducing yourself, right? You're trying to find out about somebody else's business. You're trying to figure out, can I interface with this person? Again, the face-to-face -face meeting is crucial because mm -hmm. you can learn a lot of things the first or second time that you're with somebody. You know, do I really want to work with this person, even if they did offer me a job or if they did offer me a project? But the the most successful, if you to answer your question, has been the sports world. I'm a sports junkie. 
All right. And I started out and I was in radio and I covered the Bucks, the Brewers, the Marquette Warriors, the Green Bay Packers, the, the Wisconsin Badgers, all those things. And I was networking all the while, gathering my contacts. OK. And all of that. Um, but the, the best location was always the press box uh-huh. because I got to reunite. And I and to this day, I still do some scattered features for the Brewers for Game Day magazine. I get to go and reconnect with people that I used to work with or or were coming into the business. Or worse yet, they say, I I remember you when I was a kid. Ooh, ouch, 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 ouch. But the the, the thing the, the thing of it is that kind of an atmosphere has given me all kinds of opportunities. For instance, I got a chance to uh, because of doing things with the Green Bay Packers, um, I got to write to edit rather and, and do some writing and do the marketing for the first bi- uh, biography ever done on Curly Lambeau was called Lambo, the man behind the mystique. Later on, I was approached because of my junkiehood from going back to baseball cards when I was five years old and getting introduced to the Milwaukee Braves. Uh, I'm a, today, I'm, I'm also one of the directors of the Milwaukee Braves Historical Association. Because of that, I got sought out by a guy who has written a chain of sports books. The, the, the ongoing theme is for blank fans only yeah because our book was for milwaukee braves fans only and because of that i had a chance to uh to we split it up we had contacts with people who are still milwaukee braves fans today catch up with them and get them to tell us their stories their personal stories of i remember the first time i met warren spawn or I got picked up by Warren Spahn when I was hitchhiking or, you know, I remember, you know, I remember bugging players in the parking lot outside County stadium. Those are just precious memories. So I got to kind of relive my childhood with that. And then most recently, two years ago, Jim Beaver, his father, Vernon Beaver was the original team photographer for the green Bay Packers. He started out in 1941 and Vernon uh, rest his soul uh, retired uh, in 2010, and his son Jim began shooting with him, helping him on the sidelines when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And then Jim later on took over for his father through 2016. So if you can picture Curly Lambeau through Mike McCarthy, that much of the Green Bay Packers history, eight decades, and some of the most iconic Packer photography ever was done by those two guys. Yeah. Well, Jim called me up and said, Hey, Tom, you want to do a book? And the reason he, I think the, one of the reasons he, he kind of laughed, he said, I, the, one of the reasons I picked you is because you were around for a lot of this stuff that my dad <laughs> shot. I need somebody who's going to research the sure. photos, identify players, yeah. identify stadiums. Tell me what was this? Was this a significant play and in what game? Yeah. So he he hired me to do the research and the storytelling. The, awesome. the book was called 100 Years in Titletown. It's a big coffee table book. Sure. And uh, it went very, very well. So all of that was the basis from networking, great. networking in the sports world. Love it. I think that's amazing. You've got some fantastic stories to share. Thank you so much for sharing that. So Tom, when you, when it comes to nurturing your network, it, you know, regardless of the size of it, it's really important to stay in front of. So how how do you best do that? Well, I've always considered my network, if you will. Um, I think I, I picked up this little uh, analogy years into it, but I consider it like a garden. 
you are planting constantly. You're planting and hoping that they're, they're going to bear fruit. But what do you got to do when you we start planting things? You just wait? No, you have to water it. You have to weed it. You have to, yeah. you know, do you give plant food. You got to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And you and also keeping in contact, and here's a key one: keeping in contact with people, not only when you're trying to figure out if sure. we can do something together yeah. or it's, hey, how you doing? Uh, how, how's your health doing? How's, how's your, you know, learn about your contacts, yeah. learn about their family, learn about, you know, if they, they share with you, man, I, I grew up with a golden retriever. That's my personal story. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Um, mark, mark that stuff down. You know, the old days we had what was called uh, for kids that was called a Rolodex. Um, <laughs> that was a you would write down on this on this rotating uh, little miniature file system that you kept at your desk. Nowadays, it's just called, you know, data, you know, you, your database mm -hmm. update, nourish your database every chance you get. Um, you know, if you read about something, if you read about something that maybe somebody, even if you're not working with them anymore, but you knew them before and they just did something of significance, hey, call them up, congratulate them or send them an email, you know, and say, hey, I just yeah. heard about this, you know, do that kind of thing. You would be amazed at the number of things that come swimming back to you in a very positive light. Mm -hmm. Hey, I liked working with you before. Maybe we could do something again. Yep. That happens, but it does not happen by accident. Yeah. It does not happen just by standing at the edge of the garden with your arms crossed and waiting. It does not happen. You yeah. have to push it. I, I love that. I love the analogy of the, the watering the garden. I think it's a really good way to illustrate that. It And it takes time. I mean, you don't just plant a seed and bear fruit the next day. I mean, it, it takes time without a doubt. You know, and, and you you understand this from having your own business. I went I went solo in 2000. I'm, I can't believe this. I'm going to be 21 years into it in September. Awesome. That's where I walked away from not just the, the news business, but then public relations and, yeah. and formal agency work and all of that. And I decided to do it on, on my own. Um, where was I going with this thought? You said um, the nurturing your garden it doesn't happen overnight. No, it it, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it it takes time. It it it's just a process. Mm -hmm. And you know if you know from from doing your own business, it's, I like to joke and say, well, I work for myself, so I get to choose any twelve hours out of a given day that I'm going to work. Yep. <laughs> you you have to do your work plus you have to do your due diligence on the networking yeah. front to secure your future work. Oh yeah. And hundred percent. And nobody cares about your business anywhere as near as much as you do. There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> so what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Uh, take advantage of opportunities. You know, you know, uh, I've been part of many Zoom calls, you know, mm -hmm. where they have these little chat room type sure. situations. You introduce yourself, uh, get involved if you can. Uh, I'm a member of the uh, uh, Metropolitan Milwaukee Builders Association, sure. and we have B2B groups. Uh, and uh, I happen to be, you know, in with a really good group of people. It's usually about a dozen people. Mm -hmm. Generally, the same people will show up for our for our monthly uh, lunches. Uh, but then there's a couple of new people each time, and so always bring your business cards. Uh, be ready to, you know, don't be a wallflower. Introduce sure. yourself, you know, stretch yourself. Mm -hmm. Introduce yourself, even if you think there's no way 
I'm going to work with that person. There is no way I'm interested in that business. Say hi anyway. Yeah. Say hi. This is who I am. This is what I do because you don't you don't know what their needs are, what they're thinking about, and you know I just met this person that does that does video or that does PR counsel or that does you know social mm-hmm. social networking yep. and all of the things that I can't figure out like you. Uh, <laughs> It's amazing. You know, it's just amazing. You get that phone call out of left field, you be ready. Absolutely. I love it. I think that's great advice to share. Um, Here's a fun one. We're going to go back in time a little bit. So let's go back to your 20 year old self. What would you tell yourself to do more of, (laughs) less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Wow. That is a loaded question. (laughs) Uh, um, You know, hindsight's always 20 20. And boy, if I knew then, what I knew now, um, I'm certain that my attitudes on a number of things would be completely different sure. than they were. Yep. Um, I never considered myself to be a know-it-all, but I also knew, I also know this of myself. When I was certain that I was correct, I always dug my heels in and I was not very uh, flexible on certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably, I I would be more flexible. I would be more open to seeing other ways of doing things. Even if I was certain, listen, I've done this before. You know, I'm locked, stock and barrel certain that this is going to work. I've done it before. Yeah, but maybe not as well as the idea that somebody else just came up with. So I think that's probably what I would tell myself, you know, be a little bit more open, be more flexible um, and always, always be a better listener. Yeah. Yeah, that one, lots of room for, and I think a lot. Now, do you think you would you would have listened to your advice, your own uh, advice? I, it would depend on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would depend on the subject. Um, you know, uh, okay, the flip side of that coin, as I was always a reasonable person. Okay. So I would force you, Lori Hybe, to give me a good argument as to why I need sure. to listen. You got to, I mean, yeah. it's put up or, you know, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll t- I'll listen to you, but you need to show me. Sure. You know, and and I ex- expected that because that was always demanded of me. Uh, particularly, you know, in my my household, my mm-hmm. my parents were, you know, World War II era folks, and uh, you were accountable for everything. Sure. You're accountable, and you're going to be truthful, or you're going to pay the penalty. <laughs> and so I was raised with that mm-hmm. and, and uh, they taught me to the best of my ability to do things the right way. The first time, yep. not the second or third time to get it right. The first time. Nice. All right. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Uh, Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it in the sixth degree? Well, uh, this may disappoint you with my answer. I don't have a one person that I, okay, but, but I will tell you that I have ever since I was a kid and then later on when I got into my business, going after the big fish first was my approach. I figured all they can do is say no. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I'll give you a little example. Sure. Um, I was working in radio. And the year was 1975. I was working for WOKY Radio, which was a, at that time a rock and roll. Okay. They owned this city at one time. <laughs> um, 
they, I was covering the Milwaukee Brewers and it was coming close to the end of the baseball season. And the issue was, will they or will they not fire the manager? The manager was a guy named Del Crandall, very popular, played for the Milwaukee Braves when they won the World Series. Del was a terrific man, uh, but nobody could get either him or the Brewers to comment on, is he going to be around next year? Okay. And this was a, this is going for a week. Sure. People were trying to get him to comment. He wouldn't say anything. The Brewers wouldn't say anything. So finally, the Brewers were on the road. I think it, I think it was their last road trip of the year. They were in Boston, and I was just sitting around the newsroom, just thinking about this. But nobody can get anybody to talk. So I just went to the telephone, and this is when you could call up the operator, and I asked for Fenway Park in Boston. All right, they ring me up. Switchboard operator says Boston Red Sox. And I said, yes, my name is Tom Andrews. I'm calling you from Milwaukee, uh, from WOKY Radio. I need urgently to speak with Brewers manager, Del Crandall. He's probably in the dugout right now, the visitor's dugout. They're having batting practice. At that point, I expected her to say, what are you nuts? I can't. She said, one moment, please. <laughs> All right. Next thing I know, Del Crandall. Oh, wow. All right. First, I mean, you know, I could have tried, okay, calling the, the sure. Red Sox PR. Yeah. I could have tried. All those things were denied. So he was, first of all, when he heard my voice, he goes, how in the H-E double hockey sticks did you get sure. this phone number? <laughs> and I said, well, Skipper, I said, that's not really the issue anymore. I said, you got to help me out. Here. Yeah, I got to get something from you. He starts <laughs> laughing. He says, what do you want to know? I said, all I need is some kind of response to the question. Will you be back with the Milwaukee Brewers next year? And he said, Tom, here's the honest answer. The Brewers and I are in talks, but we're going to finish them as soon as we're done with this road trip. They have, they have some soul searching to do. I have some soul searching to do. The truth is there is no real concrete yes or no answer. Yeah. That's where we are. What a beautiful quote. <laughs> I ran, I cut that interview up and I ran it all afternoon. Oh, sure. Del Crandall speaks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I, I guess, I, I guess that's the, that's the answer. I mean, I, you know, it, different things work for different people, but I've always, if I wanted something to do it, I always went for, love it. You go great. for, go for the number one fish. For sure. That's great. Um, all right. Little, little right hook here for you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me, Tom? How does social media really work? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, you know, okay, if I if I've got a company, if I've got a company, a small business, truly in your experience now, what are the more what are the more favorable methods to try? Once upon a time when they first, you know, when Facebook came out, everybody was on Facebook and there are so many more choices. And how do you know what methods to choose and how much of each one to advance? your message? Great question. Um, and the answer is actually something that I preach quite frequently, which is to really understand your ideal customer. And, and, and no different, you know, when you were in radio and you had your sports people listening to the sports radio station and you had your classic rock people listening to the classic rock station. So now there's just more stations. 
there's more options that are available. So figure out where is it that your customers hang out? Who are they following? Instead of they're turning the radio station on, it's they've raised their hand to say, I want to follow this influencer or this person because they have really good content, or I want to follow this brand on this specific channel. Mm -hmm. So the better that you can understand what's motivating your ideal customer, that's going to help you say, this is where I need to be. Sure. It's not everyone is in this spot in the universe. Therefore, let's go hang out here. Everyone's on TikTok because that's the latest channel, but that's not the right answer. The right answer is where is that decision maker? Where is your ideal customer hanging out online? And then going back to the frequency, it comes, you know, how often are they there? And how much value are you providing from an educational standpoint or entertainment standpoint to that ideal customer on that channel? So it's the better you understand your customer, the more you can say, I have to post daily or I have to post weekly or I have to post hourly on these channels. Hourly. Well, that's not going to happen. No, I don't do that. That's not my, that's, it's not, it's the audience though. It's understanding yeah, your audience. Sure. Sure. Um, see what else will i ask you um how did you get involved with being a social media guru in the first place what led you <laughs> where were you and what what led you to your current oh wow going back way back see two um, can play this game <laughs> the short story um i love the create i love creativity i love um, the web. I worked at two agencies before starting my own firm, um, one of which was digital building websites. Um, and that was just, no, it wasn't even, Facebook wasn't around until I was at the non-traditional agency. But um, there's all the search engines, you know, Google and and Yahoo and Excite. And, and I was helping people get their websites found in all the different search engines. Now it's just Google dominates everything. Um, when I was at the traditional agency, so that's when I was helping clients get found um, with uh, getting billboards and radio advertisements and newspaper ads. And that was fun, but I, I just learned, you know, taking a step back, I learned a lot about traditional advertising, which I loved. And there's a lot of things that carry over into the digital space, but digital is new and exciting. And there's just something fascinating about the constant evolution, but also how so many people were drawn to it. And, and it was just a great place to really, my, my just natural curiosity is what got me diving deep into, into the platform. Well, it was just Facebook and well, MySpace was actually the first mm -hmm. platform well, I had an Angel Fire website many, many moons ago. Angel Fire, wow. If anyone even remembers that. I, unfortunately, <laughs> I remember the name. Ooh. I'm sure there's something out there on the web that I created when I was young and silly. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. That's the bad part about it. It doesn't go away. Yeah. 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 And, and then sometimes the wrong person finds it. It's like, you'd be careful. It's kind of like when, you know, when you were kids and your, and your parents said, Keep your words soft and sweet because you never know when you're going to have to eat them, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to be real careful with what's being posted online now. But, where do you yeah. think social media is going or where maybe better put, 
what where would you like to see social media go oh wow where would i like to see it go um i think it's slowly treading in the spot um you know, so many channels have different goals and objectives and what their their primary purpose is. Um, I think being a resource from a connection standpoint is powerful and an education and entertainment. I mean, all of those are really by the core of what social media is. Um, but I think if it can be really brought to do more good in the world would probably be what we'd like to see as opposed to so much you know hate speech that's being thrown out there and and false information related i mean politics just really has gotten messy with social media um regardless of what side you're on um i mean you even see like what's happening with the healthcare in our world right now i mean there's just it, it's really quite unfortunate that it's being used for for evil and not good you know when facebook started um, it was really cool because it was a way to reconnect with people that you hadn't seen in many, many years, mm -hmm. see photos and see adventures that they've been on yep. since you last saw them. Now it's one gigantic food fight. I mean, <laughs> you get on, you know, you post something, you think you're doing it, you know, in a, in a decent way. Maybe you, maybe you're even making a point sure. that you'd like people to think about. And oh, now you're in an argument. Mm -hmm. Oh, now you got some total stranger calling you names. And wow, yeah. that's what a waste of a brilliant piece of technology. What a waste it has become in sure. so many, so many sad I respects. try to be positive and, and put positive messages out there, mm -hmm. inspire um, and educate. I find specifically on Facebook, their groups I like because it's huge education and you identify things that connect with you. I mean, um, for example, well, I love hockey. So I'm in a handful of hockey communities, um, marketing. So I'm in some marketing groups, you know, and I'm interested in buying a Jeep for my next vehicle. Oh. So I joined some Jeep groups just to educate myself, you sure. know, models, years. That's using it the right way. Yeah. And and so that's where I find a lot of value in it. But I do try to steer clear from any negativity. That's not a not a good use of my time or just anyone's time in my opinion. Yeah, it's like a, a beautiful highway with lots of potholes and you got to be <laughs> stepping around them yeah. uh, too, but you can still, you can still uh, do some good things with it if you're determined to 100%. take that route. Yep. Yeah. Those are really fun questions. Thanks. Do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Well, always be thinking about, oh, be, excuse me, uh, about, about the growing and supporting your network. Yep. Don't be afraid to reach out and tell your story to others and the, and also be encouraging to get other people to tell you their story. Sure. What's the story about them? As much as they want to share about them personally or about their company or how they got to where they are. People like to share that kind of information, but many times they're not asked, they're not drawn out mm -hmm. to, to do it. So I would encourage you to do that. Yep. Um, take notes, take notes, mental notes, you take notes and your meant in your mind. You get back to your car, write them down, mm -hmm. write something down, make up a little. If you if somebody really interested you, write down as much as you can remember right there yep. while you, you know, while it's fresh. Yep. Um, build your network, grow your garden, water and weed, 
<laughs> love it that's great Tom if anyone is interested in getting in contact with you what's the best way they can reach you two ways uh, my email address is all lowercase Andrews T 53 so that's a n d r e w s t is in Tom 53 at gmail.com Andrews T 53 at gmail.com and my phone number is 414 732-7371. I'll be happy to take your call or get your get your message. And you know, if you've got something you want to talk about in person, I'd love that. Cup of coffee. Uh, let's uh, let's do some things together. Awesome. That sounds great. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. My great, pleasure. Great conversation. All right, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Tom Andrews for taking the time to connect with us. As I mentioned before, definitely let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have an amazing day. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Be sure to visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to check out our free ebooks on business and networking.